She's a pretty amazing woman, right? Yeah, let's give her a hand. I think, I think if you take, we're about to have a chat, obviously, but if you take nothing else away from today, I think you need to take away the truth that um, one mother changed the world there and you can change the world through godly, humble parenting. So what an inspiring story. We're going to talk a little bit more about her. But I want to say Happy Mother's Day, first off. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I woke up and was very aware of the blessings that I have in my life. I have a wonderful mum. I have a wonderful mother-in-law. I have wonderful children. I'm extremely blessed. And I hope that today you can find the blessings too. Um, we are in part two of our Beyond series today. So we want to talk today about mixing motherhood and mission together, kingdom mission. And so we've got some lovely ladies up here who are going to help us. Thank you for giving up your mornings to come and share with us. It's Mother's Day. They're up early. They've prepared. I also want to thank, just diverge a little bit, I also want to thank everyone who served today that could have been at home with their mums or being blessed. Esther on keys. We had Joey and Matt. There's people in the tech team. Can we give them a round of applause? They've been here since seven, serving us when they could have been with their families. So thank you. Right, so we're going we're gonna to chat through a few things. Now, all of these ladies would not profess to be experts in mothering or experts in mission. And in fact, a number of them have <laughs> put up their hand to pull out of this panel for that fact. Um, but that's the exact reason we want you up here, because the humility they have in their hearts is, I think, what we can really learn today. You'll be in the process right now of getting a little scroll, if you're a lady. Um, on this scroll uh, is an excerpt from um, Susanna Wesley's House Rules. Now, House Rules have been big modern day in the last few years. In this house, we will blah, blah, blah. Well, I think Susanna Wesley was the originator. And as you read through those, some you might agree with, some you may not. But I think they're quite interesting in the light of raising children well, which she did. So, obviously, Mandy was the one that has researched Susanna, and she was the voice in that AV. So, Mandy, can you... Just tell us, what stood out to you most when you're researching Susanna's life in terms of her mix of motherhood and mission? I think the thing that um, really impressed me was her dedication to her children. She was absolutely determined that she would pour everything she could into them. And I think she was extremely successful in that because of the relationship she continued to have with them as they were growing. Um, these house rules that you're getting now, her son John... Um, actually wrote to her and asked her for help in parenting. And that's what she wrote to him. She sort of condensed it, put it into a letter and, uh, and sent that off to him. And I just think her, in, uh, considering the, the extremely hard circumstances of her life, she was just an amazing lady. She was. And to raise yeah, John and Charles, who changed the world, right. incredible, incredible. She would never have known. Now we have Laura here, Laura Rigby. Um, what does it say up there about you, Laura? I can't read it. What does it say? Mother, women's leader, bedwetting, patrol squad. That's you, Laura. Bedwetting. Bedwetting patrol squad. Bedwetting patrol squad. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is you. Hooray. I guess I, guess I am a bedwetting patrol yes. squad. Yes. <laughs> we probably yes. all have been at different times. <laughs> um, Laura, I want to pull something out of, of that AV. It said, Susanna was constantly aware that one day her hard life would be over and she alone would stand before the throne of God and give an account of how she lived her life. Laura, you have lilies, you have a high schooler, you mother in multiple age spans, mm -hmm. your husband's away a lot, you have your own business, you're leading the women's ministry, you have bedwetting to patrol. Can you talk a little about how that statement 
is true for you or how that statement challenges you? Oh, it's, it's a bit of both. Um, if I first think about it, my initial thought is terrified um, that I will stand before God one day and have to give an account of my life and instantly all I can think about is all the rubbish that I have, all the, all the things I do wrong. Um, I could, you know, there's a part of me that imagines God up there with his little tick sheet. Um, well, Laura, you yelled at the kids on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, rolled your eyes at your husband behind his back on Thursday, again on Friday. Hmm, should I let you in? And it's all, and, but that's not, that's not God. And so even though there's that daunting um, thought, that's not the reality. The reali- reality is, is that um, he will see me as he sees his own son, Jesus. He will see me clean. He will see me right and justified. Um, and so I, I can rest in that. But I'm still challenged that um, he still wants me to do good. He still created me to do good works. He's giving, given me these three amazing children. And, um, and the thing that I get most out of Susanna Wesley's life was she was a sower, not as in a foot on the pedal stool making cushion covers, which I still can't do. She sowed God's love, principles, truth, grace into not just all of her children, but she extended that into the community who had originally rejected her. Um, And even after, you know, if anyone had... um, Oh, what's the word? If, if, if she had not done that, if she had given up and said, you know what, you've rejected me, <laughs> you know, get rid of you all, um, her kids would not have grown up to change the world. And so what I get from that is we need to be parenting not just our children but our extended Good. children, our kids' blitz, our tiny land, our revolution, our youth, even our young adults, sowing into their lives with the anticipation that each and every single one of them will change the world. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. We, we never know. You never know. And therefore, our task is to sow just, in whatever just sow. that God asks us to do. And I think, I think some of these next questions will bring that out a little bit more. Tracy, um, Tracy, elder, mother, elder at Catalyst Church. I can't read the last bit. Stain remover expert, is that you? That's not me. I don't know how to do that. So if that's you, you need to come to my house. <laughs> do you know how to remove stains? Oh, I don't. I need help. not bad at it. Yeah, honest. okay. We're visiting. All right. <laughs> Just watch my children. You'll now look at my children and go, oh, yeah, get, I get that. I get what she's talking about. Now, uh, it's said that... If it's too stained, just chuck it. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> As the children grew a little older, a special hour of the week was allotted to each of them for special opportunity of conversation with their mother. This was for the purpose of dealing with doubts and difficulties and reinforcing their faith. I found this really interesting and quite challenging. I wanted to ask you, you've got four kids. You've done mission work in China for many, many, many years. Uh, You homeschooled them there. I want you to talk about the importance of this reinforcing their faith. There's so much to do. There's mission work galore. As Laura said, we're called to sow and be obedient. How do we juggle that? How do we mix that with making sure our kids get enough of us, our time and reinforcing their faith? Well, it's interesting. I think 
a really important part of parenting is setting a good example. Like it's not do what I say, it's do what I do. So I felt like by me obeying God's call on my life, by doing the things I felt God called me to do, I was showing them how to obey, which I think is really important. So of course there was probably things that God said don't do that I still did. Right. And I distinctly remember a time where God said not to do something and for the life of me I argued with him going, are you sure? Because it'd be really nice to do that. Like <laughs> it's important to do that. And it was funny watching it unfold and see how God used me not doing it and used the people that really were the right people to do it. So yeah, so that obedience modelling is really important. I thought it was really interesting about the conversations. As children get older, I love chatting with my kids, but their thinking becomes more sophisticated. So you don't just tell them, do this, do that. You know, the Bible says, don't get drunk, don't get drunk. You know, you, you have to tease that out a bit, help them understand why the Bible says that about real consequences and stuff like that. And I think that's actually a real problem in our society. A lot of kids just grow up, but they don't develop that sophisticated thinking of what are the consequences of my actions. That's really interesting because I think in my head, I thought as uh, with little ones, that's when they need all my time, they, they need me a lot. And I think <laughs> into adolescence, surely they don't need me as much. I can probably busy up my own schedule a little bit, but I am learning that that may not be the case. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Uh, if people told me that as an, as an ad, adult, like as kids get into adulthood, it becomes even more challenging because their thinking is so sophisticated and it's really exhausting to, to work through, <laughs> you know, like, okay, yep, I see that and that makes sense, but actually I have a feeling that this might be a wiser path, you know, because you've had... 20 more years experience right. but you can't just say you know the experience card you've yep. got to kind of tease it out a bit you know so. you can't just tell them like you could yeah. have been five look yeah. I told you right. you have to do this okay yeah. got that you also said something Tracy about how you wanted to do something but you felt that wasn't the right thing to do do you think we do that a lot too as mothers as people in general do we do we do too much sometimes maybe things that God isn't calling us to do I think so mm. I, I it's, but it's a hard thing to work out what are those things. Right. Like you do, it's, you know, um, okay, classic problem for me is I'll get busy doing things and one of the first things that seems to drop out is my quiet time, which is really lame because if I have my quiet time, then I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do and right. I actually have probably more time in my day. But, yeah. Okay, that's interesting because my next question was, okay, how do we work out what is the right thing? So you would say spending time with God and not letting that fall away will help guide you into what is yep, right definitely. for you. Yep. In seasons of life, I think seasons is my big learning over the last mm. Mm. Yes. lot of years. Lot of years. Um, Susie, so again from the AV, Susanna had no way of knowing... Hold on, what are you? CRI, mother... To the entire family. Would that be you? I guess so. Personal assistant. <laughs> Susanna had no way of knowing the impact that her life would have on future generations. She had no way of knowing that her sons, John and Charles, would be responsible for fanning the flames of revival in England and subsequently in the newly formed American colonies. They did a, a huge amount 
for the church. Susie, you have grown children, you have grandchildren, and through your work with CRI, you've indirectly impacted the lives of thousands of children. So talk about then what it's like to juggle family life with mission. Has it been hard? Why do you do it? Just talk to us about that. Okay. Yes, um, different seasons. I love that. When the, when the children were young, I didn't do as much in the mission field. I fit, fitted that around um, their school times and things. And now we're empty nesters mm, some of the time. The trouble is, the juggle is that um, it's wonderful having the whole day. But then when the children come and the grandchildren, they're on holiday mode and they expect mum to be there, you know, 24 hours a day for a week. And it doesn't work like that. So that's the hard part of it. Um, juggling, uh, you know, there's still events to to organise and trainings to do and lessons to prepare and all of that sort of thing. So it, it is a juggle and there are different seasons for sure. Um, the impact, yeah, I was trying to work out now how many children have we actually impacted, even in the last five years, and we look at 2,300, but that's only um, classes, and each one of those classes, each school, the grade sixes go on and the grade ones go up, so it's obviously a lot more. So, yes, it's going to be an exciting time when we get to heaven and yes. just wonder, you know, how many of those children who may not have had the beautiful opportunity that we have in our church to hear about Jesus, but um, by going faithfully and, and I suppose mentoring other instructors to go because we can't do it all. Um, yeah, many, many thousands of children have at least had the opportunity to, to hear about Jesus, know about the Bible and um, have that hope that we as Christians have that they may not have had otherwise. A great example too of the sowing that Laura's talking Absolutely. about. Sowing seeds, not knowing what's going to happen with those but we're sowing the gospel into lives. Absolutely. And I guess this is um, something that our dear Claire and I had a little talk this morning about. For those people who aren't mums, and, and I feel for you today, um, being a spiritual mum, being able to, whether it be through RI, of course, but it could be <laughs> anywhere. I heard you all say to those young children today that you're going to help um, nurture them in their spiritual walk. And whether that be um, here in church or whether it be your neighbour in their environment or, or school or wherever, um, each one of us can be a spiritual mum or dad, no matter what age we are. Uh, we've all been given something so beautiful. And I've got a verse that's sort of my, my mentor, I guess, that um, we can share with others. And this is what it's all about. It, it is hard work. Um, and I don't believe Christianity is supposed to be we come to church on Sunday and we say a little prayer at mealtimes and that's it. But this prayer, this um, Bible verse, Acts 20, 24, um, is why I do it. Um, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful yeah. grace of God. Great. And I believe that's for everyone, every one of us. Um, we've all got a purpose. It's all different. It, we may not be ministering to the John Wesleys, but we may be ministering to somebody who ministers to somebody. And, and that's not up to us. It's up to God. We're just the sowers. Susie, do you feel like you get it right all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I was one of those ones who really wanted to pull out this week <laughs> because I had my daughter and granddaughter and mother with dementia with me this week. And... I've got a big dinner coming up and I need to send invitations out and it's really hard. I wanted to spend time with them but I had work to do and it's not work that I get particularly paid for but it's work that I believe is kingdom work and it is a juggle. I bought my juggling balls and I can't juggle <laughs> <laughs> and I do it poorly but we do the best we can in the circumstances that we're given. 
That's wonderful. And I, you know, I know you're hearing hearts today that, you know, we, not, sometimes I think that we look at others and go, and Facebook does this. We look at Facebook and go, oh, they've got it all sorted. They, they know what they're doing in life. And that's not true. It's not true. No one has it really sorted and we don't have it sorted and we make mistakes and we just do the best we can with what we've got. I think that verse is wonderful, Susie, being obedient to the things that God is calling of you. But one of those things is raising your children well, is investing into their lives and, and, and having the time to sit with them and invest in them and show them the love of Jesus. But also as we serve and as we do mission and as we make a meal for our neighbour next door, we're showing them how we can bless others and how we can um, be a part of mission in this world. We're modelling and being an example. Um, Mandy, Claire read that beautiful poem earlier. She did a wonderful job. Thank you, Claire. Talking about the wide spectrum of mothering. Mothers and their circumstances do look very different. Um, and, and no doubt, as we've touched on today, there's women here who don't feel like they're mothers. They're not in a typical mothering situation at the moment. They're grieving. They feel like they've made mistakes. What do you think is the message that they can take home today or the hope for them today? Um, I think the bigger, the bigger thing is that God is the most amazing father and he understands the mother's heart. He created the mother's heart. And if today you aren't mothering as you would want to or don't even have children, he can still use that heart. Um, the important thing is to remember that it's all through him, a little bit like Tracy said. If we're really listening to what he has to say, um, really being guided, I mean, I feel very challenged too by what Susie said. You know, perhaps today you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm not doing anything from a mothering perspective. Well, maybe you should be considering RI or Tiny Land or Kids Blitz. I love going into our Kids Blitz and working with our children in there. There are places for all of us, to, and I'm talking to you men too, we could really do with you in some of these places as well. Um, we really can serve, and God promises that he absolutely has a place for us when we put up our hands. That's great. Good. Um, and it does. The CRI motto is it takes a village to raise a child. I love that we got to do that this morning, commit together to help raise those babies that we dedicated and that goes for all the children here what better place to have your children than in church position them well throughout their lives have them in church have them around people that can speak into them my daughter evie said to me the other day she talked to someone who knew her by name here at the church which she still gets shocked at and um and she said they've known me all my life i said yes they have she said they've seen me do all sorts of things i said yes they have she said I am so thankful that I get to come to a church where so many people know me and can encourage me. I, my child is, they're amazing. But they recognise that and she's in a place where she's being raised by a village. So it's so important. I loved the verse um, that Susie used. It was verse of the day on you version the other day on Friday. I think my life is worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And that was Friday's verse. Saturday's verse was from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And another translation says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I think that's so fitting for motherhood at all times. <laughs> and mission. And mixing the two together as whenever we serve, whatever we're doing, we're doing it in the strength and the power that comes from God alone. Otherwise, we're just flailing. All of 
these ladies are heroes of mine in different ways and yet you can see that none of them profess to be perfect and very openly admit to getting it wrong. That's why the grace of God is so important in our lives. It's often so much more about what God is trying to do in our lives within us than what He's doing through us. But amazingly, He also does do things through us and He wants to use us. He wants us to have a heart to serve Him. He wants... He is the expert at mixing motherhood and mission. And so, you know, if, if you feel a stirring that you haven't been doing either well or that you want to do one, one or two more, um, go to God. Spend your time with Jesus in the morning. Ask Him how you can do it better. And let's not live lives that are compartmentalised. You know, it's church on Sunday. I do mothering Monday to Friday. Our lives are meant to be mixed. The Spirit of God is, is in us all the time so that wherever we go, we're on mission. Wherever we go, we're being mothers in whatever sense that is for each one of us. Our life is not a series of boxes. It's all integrated. So let the Spirit of God and His grace um, work through you in that way. Can we thank these ladies today for being honest and vulnerable, sharing with us? They're all amazing women. And it is Mother's Day, so... In the break between the services, why don't you chat with other mothers? Why don't you encourage someone? Tell them they're doing a good job. Just, just spend some time with each other, encouraging each other and, um, and growing together. So, Mandy, can you pray for us all as we okay, end? Okay, I'm happy to do that. Just let me make a, a quick... Everybody. Um, we're going to talk about the video in just a second, but right now we've got some scrolls being handed out. That's for the ladies here today. And um, on these scrolls, these are Susanna Wesley's house rules, um, some of them. And um, you might agree with them, you might not. But I think they're very interesting in the light of someone who's raised children well um, and has sown seeds that have gone on to bear much fruit. So see what you think about those. We are in part two of our Beyond series, like Cammie mentioned before. And so today we've got this panel of wonderful women up here and we're going to talk about how we can mix motherhood and mission. We are not meant to live lives full of compartments or full of boxes. Everything is integrated. So how do we practically and realistically do that with motherhood and mission? And all these ladies here today, I think, would be the first to admit that they're not experts in motherhood or in mission. Um, however, they very graciously volunteered to share with us. And in fact, some of them even put up their hand to go, maybe you could find someone more qualified than me. Um, to which I said, no, you've got to be on it. You're doing it. And um, it's the humility that I really want us to learn from today, which I think is really powerful. So what did you think of Susanna Wesley? Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. I mean, she, John and Charles, as I said, they went on to really um, change... Uh, what the church looked like, the birth of the Wesleyan, um, the Methodist thing, mission thing. Um, but, you know, what, what I didn't even pick up in the first service, which I knew but we didn't talk about, was so much suffering, so much suffering in that lady's life. Like, she did great things, but she had ten children die. Nine? Ten? You're the expert in Susanna. Nine. She had 19 and nine died. Two houses burned down. Like once, and we would think our world is over, but twice. And even just the, the cow with milk. Like I just sat there going, I think I have suffering in my life sometimes. But that woman just underwent such pain and suffering and yet continued to be obedient to things God called her to. So Mandy is the one you could hear on that AV. She um, has been researching Susanna. So what stood out to you the most 
um, when you're researching Susanna's life in terms of who she is and mission and motherhood and who she is? Thank you, Jess. I think um, as I researched it and I took time to also look at the lives of her sons who were amazing men and other things that I couldn't in a five-minute DVD put up there, but what you say is absolutely right. She was a woman who suffered greatly. Um, the tension between her husband and herself in a day when you stayed with your husband and uh, he was at times not a very nice man and yet ironically he was a man who um, held position in a, a, a local church and um, but she was her own woman she bucked him she didn't necessarily lay down and just agree to everything he said that little argument was actually the reason he left for 12 months because she wouldn't say amen at the end of a prayer that she didn't agree with and so he up and left town for 12 months so um, yeah so without judging him too much I guess he had some good input into his children um, she persevered on and I think that's the amazing thing she just she just chose to do it God's way and um, she put principles into place that we certainly can take from today yes and so as um, Mandy was saying, there's a whole lot more to Susanna, so researching her is, is a great, actually, thing to do. And I think if we take nothing else away from today, the fact that uh, one mother changed the world, and she, she didn't set out with the goal of changing the world, she set out to be a great mother and obedient, uh, obedient to God and a good mother, and yet through that, amazing things happened. And I guess that is the take-home through... Um, godly, humble parenting, you can change the world. You can make an amazing difference. That is mission, looking after your children in whatever season you're in, um, mothering or, or doing life well, being obedient to what God's calling you to in that season. So Laura, this is Laura Rigby. She's our women's minister and other things up there, bedwetting patrol squad, which we've all been at different times of our life. Um, I'm going to read a section out of that AV and I'm going to ask Laura a question. It said, Susanna was constantly aware that one day her hard life would be over and she alone would stand before the throne of God and give an account of how she lived her life. So Laura, you've got little ease, little ease and a high schooler. You're mothering in multiple age stages. Your husband's away a lot. You own your own business and you're leading the women's ministry. Can you talk a little bit about how that statement's true for you or how it's a challenge for you, this mix and this juggle and standing before God and what does that mean to you? Um, well, the whole idea of standing before God, you sort of have two frame of minds with that. It's You can either have this idea of that judgment idea with God with his little checklist, um, looking at me going, okay, Monday, yelled at the kids, Tuesday, Raise your voice again, Wednesday, again, Thursday, rolled your eyes behind your husband's back, Friday, you said you would pray for your friend, you didn't, um, shall we go on to next week and the week after? Um, and you sort of, you, you get terrified, oh my goodness, I've got all these things that I've failed you on God. But the reality is, is that when we get to know God, and this is where I sit now, He doesn't see that. That, that song that we sung earlier, that it's, it's all been cast away. He doesn't keep a record of our sin and our shame. So he sees Jesus. Jesus is my reflection when God looks at me, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but another thing I get out of Susanna Wesley's life, this incredible 
woman who she just endured so faithfully was that she never stopped sewing. And I'm not talking about the sewing machine sewing, I'm talking about sewing good, godly things into her kids' lives. Uh, the Word of God, the truth, love, grace. Um, and she's a, a picture of huge grace, this woman. She endured so much. Um, so that sewing principle, and she never gave up. She didn't know that her children would, would grow up to be world changers. And I think that's a principle that I want um, to instill in, in me. I need to sow into my children's lives with the assumption that they're going to be world changers. And, and not just my kids, but all, all of the kids, the Tiny Land kids, the Kids Blitz kids, Revolution, even our young adults. God has a calling and a purpose for each and every one of them. And so we need to be sowing the good stuff in to encourage them to listen to God's voice. And when God calls them to do those amazing things, they're ready to go. So Laura, can I ask you then, um, that challenge of being able to sow into their lives, of being ready to do that, what does that look like for you? How do you do that? How are you ready each day? <laughs> oh, well, some days I'm not ready. Some days I fail miserably. Some days, you know, in uh, John's message with the baby dedications, some days I, I can use words that are probably discouraging instead of encouraging. Um, and so when my head hits the pillow each night, you know, there's things that go through my head and go, okay, Lord, I'm sorry, I should have done that better. Um, so I want to be a better sower. I do try and sow good things into my children. I can be better. Thankfully, I'm a work in progress. God is transforming me by his grace um, there's so many things that I would change but thankfully because I'm still breathing I can continue to That's change fine. and do, uh, do take on the learnings take on the wisdom of friends and and counsel and just keep going just keep enduring faithfully knowing that um, God will make good what I'm sowing that's great that's right it's that she forgives herself you know when that that thing happens that we don't want to happen, that ability to, to go to the, to the Lord and just say, I'm sorry, and start again. That's good. There's a Toby Mac song called Move, which I love, which talks about move, keep walking, keep moving on. It says, when your prayers haven't been answered yet, soldier, keep moving, keep your head up, keep moving, keep your eyes fixed on God. That's great. You just got to put one step, in, one foot in front of the other sometimes and just keep moving, keep doing that. Um, talking about what John said he talked about one of the needs of children is to have fun. And when Cammie said she had to say in her assignment what I was, she also had to say what Carl was. She said, Mum is hard working and Dad is fun. <laughs> it, so that makes me... Fun? Yeah. Well, I think in essence that is what she was saying, that maybe I wasn't fun. So, yes. So she, she needed to change that. She does still love me, but... Maybe there's a lesson in there for me somewhere. I am a hard worker. Uh. Actually, Jess, don't feel bad. I did a questionnaire with 23 preps, and it was surprising when I asked, what, um, you know, how does your mum make you laugh? They looked at me like I was strange oh, no. and said, Mum doesn't make me laugh. Dad makes me laugh. <laughs> it's the role of the dad, mm. maybe. But I'm hoping we can be fun mums as well. <laughs> Tracy, on to you. 
um, Tracy Donnell. Tracy is raising four children and um, some of them adults now. Um, Has spent many, many years in China. Her family, her husband Scott and the kids uh, lived in China for a long time doing mission work there. So again, from the AV, it says, As the children grew a little older, a special hour of the week was allotted to each of them for special opportunity of conversation with their mother. This was for the purpose of dealing with doubts and difficulties and reinforcing their faith. So my question for you, Tracy, is with all of that going on, um, your mission work in China and here at home, um, your homeschooling, talk about the importance of spending time with your kids to reinforce their faith. Um, there's so much to do out there. But reinforcing their faith is vital. So how can we do this? It's interesting, like, when I thought about this question, the aspect of, like, doing mission and reinforcing their faith, well, I kind of felt like being obedient to God's call on my life and Scott being obedient to the call on his life was really important to being a good parent because that teaches them obedience, you know. And even sometimes when I discipline the kids, you know, I'm disciplining you because I have to obey God, you know. And God told me that I have to train you. I could let you go, you know, I could let you not worry about that. But I, that I'm not being obedient to God. So, and, and it's the same, like, that, that thing with the, the conversation thing, that really struck me because um, definitely as the kids get older, I'm feeling that sense of their thinking gets more sophisticated. So you can't just say don't do this and do that um you know even with the bible they they look at it and you kind of have to say well why does the bible say that why does it tell us not to get drunk you know and and tease that out so that it becomes more than just i don't want to get caught which is pretty like shallow thinking but i do think a lot of young adults have that kind of thinking they take risks and it's just as long as I don't get caught, it's fine. But I think if you're mature, you know that if I do the wrong thing, there are consequences. Right. And, I, and, yeah, I think there's a real need to teach our kids to think that way and right. reason. So I, recent, up until recently, had this impression that your kids, when they're little, need so much of your time. They're so dependent on you. You really then... but. As they get older, you know, maybe you can busy your schedule a little bit because they're a bit more independent, a bit more mature, but I'm learning and what I'm hearing you say is that that's not necessarily the case, that they may actually need that time. That time is actually extremely precious as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. People told me, I did get a few kind of yeah. hints that, oh, it actually is always exhausting just in different ways. Right. I am starting to understand that in a whole new level. And, like, yeah, even adult, I find parenting adults, because she's not here, I can say it, <laughs> is even harder. I have, I have um, come alongside other wonderful mothers in our congregation and said, uh, what do I do? Right. You know, um, because, yeah, like, it requires very sophisticated thinking, especially if they're intelligent, to help them see maybe some things that they're not seeing right. in, their, in their choices. And it, what, it, what is really interesting about it is that you can't just say, I'm older, I know better. You know, that, that doesn't work. You, you have to get them to come to their own decision. Oh, man. And hopefully the right one. 
Oh, I'm still in that vein of you just can't do that. Yeah. You're just not doing that. And that's how I would like to keep parenting, but I'm getting the picture that I can't. <laughs> now, Tracy, you also mentioned about being obedient to God and how that's such a great role model. Um, I think we can maybe sometimes do things that we want to do, but maybe isn't exactly what is in God's plan for us. Yeah. How do we work out what to be... What is, what is God's plan? Being obedient to the right things and not wasting time with the wrong things. I actually think it's really, really hard because sometimes we can think something is good and that's right. That's definitely what God wants, right? It's a nice thing. I've got a really strong example of this in my life where I, we were uh, church planning in a Dong village and we discovered a young family. little girl was autistic. We wanted to bring her to the city, put her in the autistic kindergarten that another church member in the in this township had started and and I was working out well maybe if I take the girls out of piano lessons then we'll have the money to support her and God said no don't do that and I was like but 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 it's such a good idea you know it's so helpful it's so good it's so kind and he said no I don't want you to do that and that was actually really hard it was really, really hard not to do that because I was looking at that little girl thinking she needs early intervention. You know, it seemed to, it seemed right. I sat on that for about a month only to see God use the right people to do that. Um, she was able to enrol in the autistic um, kindergarten for free. The, the believer said, I'll cover the cost of that. Another couple of believers had a home. They said, don't worry, I think we've got enough food when we cook they can she can just live with us and and we will feed her and it was beautiful because the church was taking care of the church and they then grow yeah because they're yeah. stepping out in faith. and she and we weren't like the sugar kind of daddy or you know we weren't the kind of just the money just yeah the injectors. money bags yeah yeah yeah, it was right. very special yeah so much needs so much that can be done and yet it's not all for us to do so i think that's that's what you're saying is we need to work out what is it that God's asking us. And it's going to look different to the family next door. It's going to look different to the lady sitting next to you. That's why comparison is a killer. We need to just know what God is saying to us. Yeah, and, and that's where it's really important. Um, one, of the, one of the first things I'll find in my life when I get super, super busy and it's to, to my discredit because it's, I'll... I'll skimp on my quiet time or I won't have my quiet time or I'll, I'll take it versus I run out the door right. and yet if I did take my quiet time then I know what God wants me to do for the day yeah that's good so important really good Tracy um, Susie moving on to you Susanna had no way of knowing the impact that her life would have on future generations she had no way of knowing that her sons, John and Charles, would be responsible for fanning the flames of revival in England and subsequently in the newly formed American colonies. Obviously, they had a major impact on the church. So, Susie, you have grown children, you have grandchildren, you have done an amazing job with the CRI network, and through that, you've indirectly impacted the lives of thousands of children. So, talk about what it's like to juggle family life with mission. Why do you do it? Has it been hard? Do you ever make mistakes? Has it just been a breeze, Susie? Talk to us. Um, it's been hard. Um, I guess there's different seasons. I love the way you talked about seasons before. And it didn't seem to be hard when it was little. The kids were younger. Um, I Well, I started teaching RI when Kylie was six weeks old. And I love that village. 
Um, it takes a village, another lady from another church looked after all my kids, one, two, three, as I went off and did um, four classes every week. And, and that was pretty simple. It was a nice little break. So right. mothers, if you don't want to do it, maybe babysit somebody else's kids. But different seasons and took the children along to, you know, when I did Meals on Wheels or did different things. So a bit like Tracy, you example what you're doing. But I think um, it's a new season with us now as empty nesters with three growing children and grandchildren. Great, I've got this whole time that I can devote pretty much 100% to RI. But then they come and visit, which of course I want them to visit. But then they're on holidays and they want mum to do everything and with them and for them. And, you know, work doesn't stop. There's a dinner to, to organise or training to organise or people to mentor or classes to teach. And it's like, ah! And I struggle. Um, you know, I've got these juggling balls here, and I can't juggle. But there's, you know, the family. There's the RI. There's everything going like, around. And um, never here. It's it's yeah. You need one too. You're juggling. We're all we're all juggling. And I and I remember a um, mentoring leadership class we had here, and I think it was Wayne Cadero or somebody from America, one of these hot notch people who know what they're doing, said, you know, being balanced is not real it, it is a juggle there's times busy seasons that you um you're busy doing your ministry and then you've got to then have quite a time that you can push more into your family so the family aren't um ignored but at times they do come sort of second best in that little season that is is busier um but as Tracy said, getting into the word is another thing that sometimes isn't as balanced as it could be. And you always know it's better when, if you do, get into that word early in the day and spend some quiet time. So it, it is a, a big a big challenge, a big um, uh, hardship at times. I mean, you know, I don't believe Christians are meant to be just come to church on Sunday, everything's squeaky clean, and then you go back and do nothing. Um, one of my mentors is Mother Teresa, and... Um, you know, we've got nothing on hardship. I mean, it's 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 just so weak, isn't it, our, <laughs> our work here. But we do what God's called us to do in the season we're in. Right. And Susie, you shot through a verse to me. Yes, this is the verse that keeps me going right. um, out of Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So that's why I do it. I, I believe it's a call on my life. I believe everyone's got a call in their life to do something for him and sharing the gospel to kids who don't come to church. Uh, I was trying to work out how many thousands of kids it is. We say that we've, um, we've got about 5,000 children in the schools just in the Ipswich region, but... The trouble is that keeps moving because the grade six moves on and the grade ones go up. So even just personally, the four classes every week for 28 years, that's 2,800 children. Just for you. Just for me. Wowzers. And there's thousands of other RI students, yeah. um, teachers here as well. And yeah, I, I, hope, I hope that the fan that we've ignited, some of them we've in, in, introduced to Jesus for the very first time, and then over the years, they've been that fan has been flame that flame, flame has been fanned. Um, who knows what they'll be? They might be just a beautiful mother that's going to be a, like a Susanna Wesley, and that's that's beautiful. It it might be the John Wesley, or it might be some space engineer. Who knows? But hopefully, that that seed that we get in our beautiful church 
um, and they don't have that privilege of having that seed will grow in their life and um, they will yeah. know Jesus more more important than anything that they'll get to heaven yeah. isn't it really yeah. I can really see your passion there Susie and again that mix of loving your children loving your family but loving other people's children and just loving people and wanting them to know Jesus better and that's another aspect of mothering you're you're sowing into other children's lives as so many of us here and even in, in churches around the city are doing so uh, Mandy back to you Claire read a poem earlier a beautiful ode to mothers did a beautiful job talking about the wide spectrum of mothering so mothers and their circumstances can look very different as that poem um, showed uh, and no doubt some women here today consider themselves not mothers or uh, they're grieving mothers or they feel like they've made some significant mistakes. So what do you think, what's a message for them today? What's hope that can be found today? Of course our hope is in Christ. Um, Father God created mothers, knows the heart of mothers, uh, knows the spirit he has behind pure mothering and uh, is able to impart that to us. If we um, have a desire to mother, even if we don't have our own natural children, um, that can happen uh, because God is just such an amazing God. Um, so my encouragement to anybody in that circumstance, if you're in this situation where you really love children and you would like to impart to them, consider uh, CRI, talk to Susie afterwards, consider our Kids Blitz pr program. If you're interested in that, talk to me afterwards. I still teach in our Kids Blitz program and love it. So admire what we're doing in our church. Um, if you feel that, you know, somewhere you failed as a mother, well, you heard every woman here say that she has felt that she's failed. Um, pray, pray, ask for that forgiveness. Ask for a new heart, a new spirit to be able to do that job better. And uh, I know that, um, ask for real wisdom too, just thinking about what um, Tracy was saying. I used to pray over my children and I felt as if God told me at times just to stay up at night until Carl got home. Philip would be in bed, Betsy would be in bed, but Carl had come in after he's been doing something and that was his time for talking. And it's sort of picking that, it's, it's hearing from God and knowing, you know, how do I respond in this situation? And uh, so, you know, it's, it's that turning back to God all the time. He is the ultimate wisdom and his word. Yeah, that's great. I, um, I love the verse that Susie shared there, that my life is worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's the mission that, as Susie said, we're all called to in some form or another. But there are seasons in life and it will look very different um, over the course of a life. And mothering is mission. So um, the, the verse that Susie shared was the verse of the day on New Version on Friday. And then Saturday's was... 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Or another translation says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And that's exactly as, not just mothers, as anyone, as individuals, as women, as men, that we need that. We need God's power in our life because His power is made perfect in our weakness. So we can go and we can do the things that we feel God's called us to do. I think we all struggle with mummy guilt at times that I'm not doing enough for my kids I'm not doing enough for mission but God's grace 
covers that. It is sufficient. We, we go before him again. We ask for direction. We ask for forgiveness and he will set our path straight if we trust in him. So all of these ladies are heroes of mine in different ways. And we've talked a little about it takes a village to raise a child. And I think it takes a village to raise a mum as well. I've learnt so much from the ladies around me in this environment and one of my favourite things that I've learnt over the years is about positioning yourself, you know, making the decision to position yourself in a place where you can be encouraged, where you can encourage others, where you can hear and be filled with God glorifying wisdom and teaching and that you put your children in that place as well where they're grown up in a place where they can be encouraged. Evie said to me the other day, she was talking to someone at tiny land as we were leaving and someone who's known her all her life and that person just encouraged her a bit and she said mommy these people know me <laughs> I said yes they do she said she's known me for such a long time and I said yes and she said I love that we have a church where there's so many great people and they can talk to me encourage me and I'm not scared with them and you know she recognizes the importance and she's starting to see the value of the village and the fact that we're a community and a family together and that can be for anyone here make this your community make this your village and your children will learn and grow and you will learn and grow so you know None of us are perfect. None of us profess to be perfect. We're very open that we get things wrong. But that is why the grace of God is so important in our lives. And it's often so much more about what he's doing within us than really what he's doing through us. And yet, amazingly, he also does use us and do things through us when we have a heart to serve him. So, you know, like I said at the start, it's not about the boxes. We don't do mission over here and love our kids over here. Our life with God should be all intermingled. It should be, you know, the power and the spirit and the grace of God should just be running through all aspects of our life. We're on mission in every part of our life. Every day, wherever we go, we're seeking to do the will of God. We're seeking to love our kids and be an example to them. So if you take anything from today, just know that, you know, spending time with God and having a heart that wants to please Him and serve Him, well, He will set your path before you and um, He'll give you the grace that you need to do mothering well, to do mission well, to do life well. So, Mandy, I'm going to ask you to pray for us as we finish up. Okay. Just before I pray, I'd like to reinforce what Jessica said. I didn't grow up with a local church. My parents didn't grow up with wise people around them, able to guide them. And because of that, in my family, there were a lot of crashes. Very sad situations happened in my family. But when I became part of a local church, I realised what a dynamic force it is. It's the most amazing thing, and it does take a village to raise a child or a local church to raise a child. And I love what Jess said. It's that being able to talk to somebody about the areas that you might be struggling in. Somebody else has moved a little bit further ahead. Can I just encourage you this morning, if you're not attached to a local church, if you've just come in to have a look, it doesn't have to be us, but find a local church. My sister had dreadful things happen in her life. And I had prayed for her for years and years and years. And one day I said to her, Carol, just find yourself a local church. She did. And she came to faith when she was 70. And um, I, can, I can only say, because I knew that within the context of a local church, she would find people who would speak into her life and help her. So just please take that on board this morning. So Father, we just pray and we thank you.